I'm excited tonight. I mean, I, I know that Jason Gibson's got some skills here. He got that uh, personality and such. Yeah, well, we we maybe all aren't as good at running our mouth like you are, but 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 I am still capable of it. So thanks for mm, that. That's that's a good soundbite. I'm gonna use that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Lautner coming to you live on a Thursday night. I've taken a day or two off. Uh, from podcast, Dennis Zendel from Illinois said, I better get back on it. Or else he's going to start listening to somebody else again. So I had an emergency meeting with old friends, Michael Walker and Jason Gibson. And we're recording Days That Changed the World, chapter number two. And as my boy Jason Gibson just said, he's good at running his mouth. He's just not quite as good as I am at running my mouth. So this is going to be a fun little episode of Michael and Jason. Uh, Michael Walker from Minnesota. Jason Gibson from the Ames, Iowa area, and I uh, went to school with both these boys, and maybe if you listeners are lucky, we might even tell some more high school stories about each other. I've gotten Michael's feedback, Jason. Uh, just give the audience your review of the Friday Night Light podcast. It actually cracked the top 20 in the last couple of days. I mean, which is surprising to me, 180-some episodes, and... Uh, a 1999 football story? I mean, that's just surprising that uh, I know that it's a good story, but it's still a long time ago and it's not about cows. So what do you think? Yeah, no, it was uh, really good. I, I know I promoted it uh, as good. far as I, I wasn't a member of the team, obviously, but I was a fanboy and slash mascot on the sidelines. So I certainly remember a lot of those moments. Just So just for the audience that doesn't know, what is the Jefferson Scranton Peyton Sheridan mascot? And how hot was it on those early season nights? Yeah, that would be the Ram. Um, so it was a full suit and with a fat pad around the waist anyway. Yeah, a little <laughs> little warm and halftime I'd have to go, you know, hide behind the shed and take off my head and let the steam out anyway and kind of <laughs> eavesdrops on some of your halftime talk. For the most part, I was just focused oh. on not overheating myself. And then there's a rumor that maybe there was an air horn involved. Is that true? Yeah, on the home games, I had the air horn. On the away games, I had... So, according to my math, you had it all the time. Well, let's <laughs> just say the away games, not all the fans at the away games were as appreciative or really wanted me there at all with it. So, did you really get kicked out of the Carroll High game, game number four? Yeah, I had an unfortunate <laughs> incident. And uh, when I was told uh, by the school's principal slash superintendent, um, I, I disagreed. And so, <laughs> I was kicked out, and I actually apologized, and he let me back in. It would have been a better story if you would have snuck back in like uh, Michael had remembered it. That them are so long ago, it's hard to remember those old stories. Well, you know. I, early in the podcast. You've kind of got a, a Paul Harvey voice going on. I kind of like it. I, I appreciate that. I've, I've been told I have a, a voice or for radio yes. by, by one person. So or you're the second now, I guess. I have a face for radio. So uh, we're, we're kind yeah, of similar same here. in that manner. <laughs> okay. Days that change the world. Episode number two. Chapter two, I should say. And I don't know if anybody remembers this in the year 2022, but for us old 40-year-olds, it's almost like it was yesterday. O.J. Simpson probably killed his wife and got away with it. And it's just a wild story. For the uh, younger generation that doesn't remember it, I think this is an interesting story, even though it involves the the loss of life for two humans. For us older people and even older than us, uh, you, you just don't remember small details that we're about to tell that uh, happened back then. And I mean, just, just like our football season, memory 
memories fade and uh, it's just one of the most truly crazy, we call it days that change the world. This is actually going to be a two or three day stretch that change the world. We're not going to get into the trial and, and uh, the fallout after the trial. I do got some extremely interesting and historical audio clips that we're going to be playing. Boys, could you just give me your, before we listen, and maybe you've done a little research on your own before this, but just... Give me your thoughts about OJ. Where were you? Do you happen to remember where the heck you were? It's less impactful than 9-11, but I, I, I got a story on where I was. I was delivering papers, uh, newspapers, Des Moines Registers with my old man, Phil Ottner. He was driving me around, and uh, we heard it on the radio for the first time that OJ got arrested. So where were you guys at? Do you happen to remember? Do you have any other thoughts from that time frame? Defensive lineman Michael Walker, you go first. Come on. I, You know, Matt, uh, the, the biggest thing I remember was hearing that he was a suspect and thinking, why is a sideline reporter from NBC football? Because he was the pro football sideline reporter back at the time. Yes, sir. Before the hot Aaron Andrews of ESPN, there was OJ Simpson. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I knew of OJ. <laughs> also known as the dumbass from Naked Gun movies, too. And I led a sheltered life and had not been exposed to those movies yet. Later in life, I understood that. But uh, <laughs> he's a sideline reporter. That doesn't sound like anything he'd do. Uh, for those that are completely unaware of the situation the date was june 12 1994 the invested parties were oj simpson who was arrested uh nicole brown simpson simpson who lost her life and a ronald goldman a waiter at a local fancy italian restaurant that both those two individuals lost their lives jason do you have any memories from that time period maybe more familiar with the naked gun uh, movies that uh stupid humors right up my alley there as far as the murder is tough to recall the times of, you know, that Bronco chase and hearing about that and all the times you've seen it anyway. Yep. You know, part of me seems I recall watching that on TV, trying to wrap my mind. You know, we were whatever, 13, yep. 14 years mm, old. Yeah, and, sixth, seventh grade, somewhere in there. And, for sure. and seeing yep. that and being like, like a car chase, not like what you expect in the movies. They're just putting along the interstate with no no one inside. Remember the day of the Bronco chase? I was at the Green County Country Club or Raccoon Bend. I don't even know what they call it anymore, but I I watched the Bronco chase after playing nine holes of golf. I used to play golf uh, before I had kids, and uh, now I'm just I sit around and podcast. It's my new hobby. My wife says, "Why do you podcast so much?" And I say, "Well." kind of like golfing it gives me something to do it's like a rocking chair it gives me something to do but doesn't get me anywhere for the audience that doesn't remember car chases used to be appointment tv because we only had five car right, chase came stuff. on <laughs> news broke in and you watched the car chase my first audio clip tonight is going to be just a little bit of background on oj and what a badass he was before he was a sideline reporter before he was a uh a silly, bad actor in Naked Gun movies. And before he got away with murder. He was an, a football star. A lot of the audio that I'm going to be playing tonight is from the OJ documentary. It just it hits a little clear and, and it, it suits this format just a bit better than the uh, OJ Simpson drama TV show that was released on FX. Here we go. Clip number one. Just a little bit of background on OJ. After the clip is over, just give me some feedback if you guys are hearing it clearly. Okay, guys, the first minute is or the first clip is about 60 seconds long. I was teaching part time at San Jose State, and a friend of mine said, Hey, man, you got to go and check out this little cat from uh, San Francisco. His name is Simpson, Orenthal James Simpson. OJ takes the football, boom. I think he runs about 90 yards with it for a touchdown. He ran through him like foreign water through a tourist. 
O.J. Simpson could run sideways faster than most men could run forward. And he hit the line, and he go that quick, and then up the sideline. He was amazing. I've been around a lot of good ball players, but I've never been around anyone that was as breathtaking or as captivating as he was. He would, like, glide. He never really picked his feet more than a couple of inches off the ground, so he was, like, slithering through a hole. When he'd hit a hole, sometimes he'd turn sideways and kind of leap through it sideways. Then if he broke open to the open, then he'd start seeing the knees go up in the stride. That's when he was motoring. He's the one who sucked me into being a rabid Bills fan. Okay, so OJ was a college star at the University of Southern California. His professional career led him to the cold tundra of Buffalo Bills. He, I don't know if they ever did any good. I do know he's one of the only running backs in the history of the game to have over 2,000 yards in one season. So he was a stud, but success leads to bad shit. <laughs> so just, just to put in context that 2,000 yards, that was back when they only played 14 games. Good point, yeah. And then uh, many probably don't remember, but he actually ended his career with Jason Gibson's favorite team, the San Francisco 49ers. Was that late <laughs> was 70s good. when he retired or early 80s? I mean, yeah, he was there was before say, Montana, wasn't he? Yeah, it was yeah. It was late 70s, and it was back when the Niners um, yep. that weren't very good. Uh, the next clip will be uh, investigation of the crime site. But just for the listener, we're going to recap a few of the things that happened on the night of uh, June 12th, 1994. And this is from Court TV website. So Nicole Brown Simpson and her children and several other of her family went to uh, dinner at the Mezzaluna restaurant in uh, Brentwood, California, just north of LA. A waiter at that restaurant was this uh, Ron Goldman. So that was at 6.30 at uh, 8 o'clock. They leave Mezzaluna. Nicole's mother left her eyeglasses at the restaurant. She called back in uh, to Mezzaluna and uh, Ron Goldman volunteered to return the glasses. Now, there's a little bit of back and forth. This isn't on my script, but there's a little bit of back and forth here that possibly Mr. Goldman and Ms. Brown Simpson were uh, romantically linked, but uh, we're going to leave that for a different episode. Uh, as OJ's alibi from the night, Cato, Kalen, and, and OJ went to McDonald's around 9.30 that night, returned back to Rockingham Estate in Brentwood, California, and then Ms. Nicole Brown Simpson's uh, place was referred to as Bundy, just two and a half miles away from the Rockingham Estate. Cato, Kalen, and OJ returned back around 9.45. In between 10 and 10.15 p.m., dogs barking. A neighbor named Pablo Fengis reported that there was a disturbance and there was dog barking. Rockingham and the Bundy residences were two and a half miles apart. So we're talking about a pretty tight window here in terms of time, but we're also not talking about a big, long distance that Mr. Simpson would have had to travel to commit these uh, homicides. At 1025, a limousine driver by the name of Alan Park arrived at Simpson's home. At 1040, Cato Kalen hears three loud thumps on the outside of his wall in the guest house. At 1045 p.m., the limousine driver buzzed the intercom several times but did not get a response. Uh, at 1055, the limousine driver called his boss and said that Simpson was not home. He was told to wait until 1115. 
because Simpson was always late. Shortly before 11 p.m., Park sees a black person, six feet, 200 pounds, walking across the driveways towards the house. Simpson puts his bag in the limousine at 11.15, leaves for the airport, gets on a plane, leaves for Chicago at 11.45. Now y'all know the background, and now we're going to dive right in, and we're going to hear some uh, commentary about uh, the crime scene in the morning. This would be in the midnight to 4 a.m. time frame. Go ahead. I got there, they had the scene very well secured. They had the entire block taped off, front door wide open, little music playing in the background, candles are lit inside. Very violent confrontation, rage. Two victims, blood everywhere. We find a glove, it's a left glove and a blood trail indicating the suspect has been wounded on the left side. So we're just getting into this when we find out that this is apparently O.J. Simpson's estranged wife. So from Bundy, they go back over to Rockingham and here we hear from Mark Furman. We pull close to the gate. Van Adder was hitting the doorbell. They keep ringing the doorbell and so I just stroll down the street. By the other gate, there's a white Bronco. On the driver's side door handle, blood. I mean, there was enough evidence outside. We gotta make sure everybody's okay in here. Again, what are we gonna do? Simpson's in there dead. Well, yeah, we need to go in. So I jumped up over the fence and I opened the gate. There's a couple of bungalows. The first one was Cato Kalin. Cato Kalin was a a live-in friend. He said, we're the police, we're check out on Mr. Simpson. OJ's in Chicago. Well, he left last night. They all leave, and I'm left here with Cato Kalin. They go, tell me what you did last night. He goes, well, I was talking on the phone, and all of a sudden, there was like an earthquake. It's like on the wall, and the picture shook, okay? I walk back outside, and I start walking down the back, behind the bungalows. And then as I pan down, I see this brown glistening. At first I thought it was dog crap. Then I shine the light on it, the glove. Just like the one at Bundy. Uh, yeah, this is gonna get deep. This is gonna be a crime scene. We got one, one bloody glove found at the uh, Bundy location. One bloody glove found at the Rockingham location. A glove at uh, both both sites. I, I'm, I'm no expert, but that seems like the work of a very horrible criminal in my mind. Um, but obviously we know they try to spin it a different way. Uh, OJ's defense team does. I never would have thought that uh, come to find out their isotoner gloves. And I'm guessing that was not a very good advertisement for the company. I'm telling you, the way this story is going to play out over the next 10 or 15 minutes is just like, there's no doubt this man is guilty. Guilty! And it's just like, God bless his attorneys because they came up with the story, but he acts like a guilty man. And, and he was acting like a guilty man because he was guilty. It is what it is. So OJ flew to Chicago, flew back the next day, our next audio clip is going to be uh, him getting interviewed by the Los Angeles Police Department. Listen in. He said he's going to talk to us, which is really strange. How did you get the injury on your hand? You have one opportunity forever 
to talk to this guy forever. How did you do it in Chicago? I broke a glass. I just was one of you guys that just called me. And I was in the bathroom, and I just kind of went bonkers. He's thinking he can control a couple of cops, especially these guys, because, you know, they're pretty nice. OJ, was that sort of a problem? Mm -hmm. Some blood on and in your car. You had some blood at your house. Sort of a problem. Hey, guys, I know what would make this better. Let's get some feedback from old Jeffrey Tubin that likes to jerk his gherkin right in the middle of the CNN meetings. What Van Adder and Lang failed to do was simply to pin him down on what he did on the day of the murder. I know I'm the, the number one target, and now you're telling me I got blood all over the place. OJ just rambled and created an interview transcript that was useless to the prosecution. What do you mean you, you, you cut yourself in Chicago, but the blood got on the Bronco before you left? What do you mean? There's a million things that they just let go. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Oh, my God. What I wanted was his blood, photographs taken of a bleeding finger. I wanted his fingerprints. Now that we've got his cooperation, we get the blood, we get all these things we want, which are going to be evidence, and then, you know, he's released. What? Why, why, would, you, why would you do that? After O.J. was released from his questioning, he returned home and gathered with friends Ron Shipp and also A.C. Cowlings. Not, not ruled out as a suspect. Suspect? I, I'm... I'm what are you talking about? Is he crazy? OJ, what happened to your finger? And he says, I cut it on a glass in Chicago. And I went, oh, okay. Somebody else sat down and asked him the same question. And he said, I was chipping golf balls. And I went, <laughs> later on that evening, same question came out. Oh, man, you know, I was getting the cell phone out of the, the Bronco, cut myself. I was like, wow. A couple of days after the murder, Nicole Brown Simpson's funeral is attended by OJ Simpson. This audio clip comes from Nicole Brown Simpson's sister. <laughs> I can't go in there. And as I'm having this conversation with them, I'm hearing screams. Looking at her, I can remember a black dress up to her neck because um, what I had heard is, is that, that her, her head was almost cut off all the way. And seeing her there, lying there in a coffin, I mean, it really, I mean, I don't know, it was just terrible. He came to the wake. It was just un. Believable. We were all kind of in shock that he he came there. Judy asked him directly, "Did you did you kill my daughter?" No, no. I loved I loved her too much. Okay, so O.J. Simpson attended the wake. What do you think about that, boys? That's just weird, huh? That is like the definition of a narcissist that has no concept and just the. I I agree with you, Matt, on more than likely beyond allegedly considering he lost another trial just the audaciousness to show up to that and sure. think it's okay what he was accused of and convicted of in the civil trial my god it's like taunting yeah i would say in this uh documentary they they kind of present that oj was kind of a and this is probably a subject which would make most other podcasters queasy but they present him as a black guy that likes to act white. When OJ got in trouble, he kind of embraced his blackness, if you will. It's just part of the story, so that's why I'm telling it. But uh, what are your thoughts, Jason? Yeah, yeah, as far as attending the wake, uh, can see where Mike's coming from there. But then at the same time, if you're like, I didn't actually kill my ex-wife, um, so of course I would attend her wake. I would tend to think 
that's how it would be for people. Even so, I mean, there's just even so much uh, in your clip, like the, oh, the hand cut thing is, I mean, can't even keep the story straight about that. It shouldn't be that difficult in my mind to keep it straight, keep but, or to keep, keep your gloves together even, when you kill people, amongst, but allegedly. Yeah, even amongst his, uh, his friends and family, much less uh, police officers that interviewed him and couldn't pin him down on what his uh, day-long interactions were. To get him pinned down to a story, because it would prove to be the difference between lo- winning and losing, because they kept hopping around until they found a... I mean, there was plenty of evidence to co- convict him. It's just a wild story. I don't know if there's ever been a story told like this one. Do you guys think there's anything ever that's happened that's close to this? The 90s were, not to this extent, but the 90s was classified or characterized by these celebrities not even big celebrities but kind of fringe celebrities that were getting caught up in things like not necessarily all murder but normal i shouldn't say normal things you wouldn't consider an elite person being involved in whether it was former tv stars former movie stars it was just one after another not ever to this extent i don't know that hollywood could have ever wrote a script (laughs) as wild as this circus ended up being and this was just the beginning and it was insane i assume what your uh what your worldview or political tendencies might be but we don't really need to talk about that that a whole lot but i will say this no matter what side of the ball you're playing on in the year 2022, there is a another assault on just basic reality and, <laughs> and men thinking they can be women and women thinking they can be men and and men thinking they can compete against women in uh, swimming. And it's, it's all the same. I mean, it's no big deal. It's an assault on reality in 2022. And it's kind of an assault on basic human consciousness to think that OJ didn't do this, but he made 12 of his peers believe that, believe that he didn't do it. This is some clips of OJ after he's released from uh, his police interview, and it's pretty entertaining. Let's take a listen. Action News has learned that Simpson's attorney is working on a deal with police for Simpson's surrender to avoid what the lawyer calls, and we quote, a media circus. Shapiro is going to surrender him to the detectives in the morning. We're standing outside Parker Center waiting for O.J. to turn himself in. Every time a car would pass by, is that O.J.? I think it was 11 o'clock. Oh, no. He didn't show up. I think I'd already scheduled a press conference. And it's like, oh no. We potentially could look like a bunch of clowns here. And I was the one who's gonna have to stand out there naked. This morning, detectives from the Los Angeles Police Department sought and obtained a warrant for the arrest of O.J. Simpson, charging him with the murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Lyle Goldman. Mr. Simpson, in agreement with his attorney, was scheduled to surrender this morning to the Los Angeles Police Department. Initially, that was 11 o'clock. It then became 11.45. Mr. Simpson has not appeared. The Los Angeles Police Department right now is actively searching for Mr. Simpson. I'll bet that police chief felt like Tom Powers the time he got hit in the side of the head by by a football. You asked a question, would you like for me to answer? I doubt that there's anyone around this country that's been monitoring television, radio, or newspapers 
that doesn't know at this point that uh, something's going on in this case. If you in any way are assisting Mr. Simpson in avoiding justice, Mr. Simpson is a fugitive of justice right now. And if you assist him in any way, you are committing a felony. Can you imagine what old Gilgar said he was going through here? I'm angry. I'm not embarrassed. Angry is beyond OJ I'm, I'm angry at OJ Simpson. Attempt to locate a 187 suspect. Subject's last name is Simpson. First name spelling Oscar Romeo Echo November Tango Hotel Alpha Lima. Middle James. Middle Black. Six foot two. 210 pounds. 46 years old. So here's your one of your first chances to hear about the dream team. Old Robert Shapiro making excuses for OJ. Here we go. It's not an escape. He was not under arrest. He was under sedation, very, very emotional state. He was at a residence that is secluded, that is very, very hard to find, and there was never any thought of him leaving that residence without us. That was really just lackluster excuses from old Bob Shapiro. Come on, man, you're a Dream Team member? Let's see what the next Bob says. Hopefully he's a better Dream Team member. Okay, old Bob Kardashian reading the old suicide note. Can you believe he sired big booty Judy old Kim Kardashian? Woo! This letter was written by OJ today. Everyone understand, I had nothing to do with Nicole's murder. I loved her, always have, and always will. If we had a problem, it's because I loved her. I loved her so much. Oh, oh. You loved her so much. Ugh, I don't know if that one's going to fly, brother. I personally think that Chad Chaplin is a better arguer than you guys. Jeez. 5 p.m. when he had Kardashian reading the letter, I thought, wow, maybe he killed himself. And feel I've done most of the right things. So why do I end up like this? I can't go on, no matter what the outcome people will look and point who is on oj's pr team this is terrible why did they put this out i can't subject my children to that just to review he can't put his kids through that people associate him with the murder of their mother and he's gonna kill himself because of that mm, okay we deal with folks who are in crisis and get to a very dark place and they they just do it don't feel sorry for me. Okay, I'm not. Had a great life, great friends. Please think of the real OJ and not this lost person. I gotta say, the uh, scorn police chief probably sums it up the best. The note says to me, feel sorry for me, but I'm the guy, you know, I'm the bad guy. Mr. Cowlings was with him. He was his best friend by his side for the last few minutes alone while we were upstairs. AC just had a love for OJ. I remember once in high school, a friend of mine had a starter pistol that he brought to school. So we said, okay, let's go take the gun and pull it on OJ and act like we were gonna shoot him. And my friend Ray, well, he pulled the gun out and Al Collins stepped in front of OJ and said, Ray, if you gonna shoot OJ, you gotta shoot me first. Oh, talk about friendship, man. Boy. 
Marguerite. I don't think I do that OJ. for you guys. Yeah, I was gonna say. It said that OJ Simpson's first wife, Marguerite, was actually AC Cowling's uh, girlfriend, and OJ stole him. I'm not sure that anybody looks out for OJ like OJ does, but it sounds like old AC Al Cowling's was had a love and a friendship for old OJ. So after listening to that clip, there is an obvious question that needs to be asked. When did big old fat ass girls like Kim Kardashian become trendy? Why, why is that a thing? How come they can't just be like? the tight square cookie cutter ass why they got to be big and floppy i think the obvious answer matt is it all goes back to oj this is where we were in, introduced to the kardashians one of the largest forces to take down nba players in our generation and, that's uh, right we didn't know it at the time it was a little their dad was little known to us but they've become a force hard to combat yeah i don't know uh, exactly where the history of the big old fat ass comes from. But I guess if you want to say OJ did it, then uh, it wouldn't be OJ the first time it. we'd blame him for something on here. So That's I mean, theme the theme of the night. OJ did the, it. The, the, alter the alternative, obviously, is Sir Mix-a-Lot. I mean, that's... Yeah. Maybe got back. Yeah. Oh, my God. Becky, look at her butt. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends. Her butt is just so big. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough? Cause you notice that butt was stuck. Deep in the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I wanna get with ya and take your picture. My homeboy's trying to warn me, but that butt you got makes me so horny. Ooh, rump up smooth skin. I'm yeah, gonna pipe I me mean, some of that music right here. Right, but I, I, yeah, that came out like in fifth grade, I think. So yeah, this is probably a couple of years before. That don't want none unless you got buns, hun. See, I think I think this has really been some earth-breaking history that we've just unearthed right now. We're learning a lot and teaching everybody. This next clip it, audio is titled "OJ's Last Run." Unfortunately, he wasn't running. He was driving up the California highway on a slow speed chase in a white Ford Bronco. It actually wasn't the same Ford Bronco. A.C. Cowlings liked O.J. so much that he had the same white Bronco that O.J. took to kill his wife and had bloodstains on the old door handle there a couple of days previous. Can you believe and that? Matt, I think it's important for the younger audience to understand this is what these are examples of Ford Broncos when they were real Ford Broncos. Not this sissified version that this was. At. This was in a status symbol to have a, a Bronco of this nature. A Bronco of the mid 90s would have been a Trump version. A Bronco in the year 2022 is just a sissy ass Joe Biden bitch version. I got to say that it, that it does sound fairly accurate description there, Matt. <laughs> Once again, we're not going to talk about politics too much. Fuck Joe Biden. All right. Anyways, uh, OJ's last run up the California highway in a white Ford Bronco. Here we go. We're listening to the Los Angeles Police Department, and they believe that this vehicle is somewhere in the vicinity of the El Toro Y. And I look down below, and there's the El Toro Y. And there's a white Bronco. Then there's a sheriff's unit. And there's another sheriff's unit, and another sheriff's unit. Okay, here we are, open the door. We get the door open, and we get our very first shots. And I'm back on the two-way radio telling CBS, you gotta get us on the air, we found him. This is Dan Rather with Connie Chung in Los Angeles, and let's hold on a second here, I'm seeing on the monitor this live helicopter coverage 
uh, of the Ford Bronco being followed by the police. And let's pick up uh, some of the transmission from the helicopter. They believe he's suicidal and very dangerous. Unfortunately, at this time, it does not appear as though the uh, driver is slowing down or, or complying with the orders of the officers. And this was the most conflicted I've ever been. The gravity of the murder, I mean, this is a double homicide, and this is a tragic story. Very few human beings fall as far as OG. This is like an epic fall, and I'm weighing the consequences of this with also the biggest news story like ever. Fuck NBC. Fuck ABC. Fuck those guys. I hope they shoot this son of a bitch. And I hope they kill him before the competitors get here. 911, what are you reporting? This is, this is AC. I have OJ in the car. Okay, where are you? Please, I'm coming up the five freeway. Okay. Right now, we all, we're all okay, but you gotta tell the police to just back off. He's still alive, but he got a gun to his head. And what, what's your name? My name is AC. You know who I am, goddammit. Okay. Right now, that OJ's sitting there in the passenger seat with a gun pointed at his own head. 14 units of the Orange County Sheriff's Department and Highway Patrol following behind a good distance. Law enforcement is following Simpson. It's not an escort. Why are they allowing him to continue? Really, the game plan is uh, really being conducted by Mr. Simpson at this point, and it's very much like when the president travels down a major thoroughfare like a freeway. I've covered so many of these things. This was not usual police behavior. If O.J. Simpson were black, that shit wouldn't have happened. Be on the ground, getting clubbed. But because he transcended race and color, status of celebrity, he got a motorcade. This is not a chase, this is basically an accompaniment. Yeah? Just let me get to my house. Okay, Please. we're gonna do that. I swear to you, I'll give you what, I'll you, give you me, I'll give you my whole body. Okay. I need to get to my house. Okay. We're gonna do that, just throw the gun out the window. We're not gonna bother you, we're gonna let you go up there. Just throw it out the window, please. You're scaring everybody. This I'm is not to keep you guys away from me. This I know that. Me. Nobody's going to hurt this you. This is from me. Trying, in my mind, to imply he's going to commit suicide, but he's not saying that. So I'm playing along with that. Uh, hey, everybody loves you. Don't do this. Uh, nobody's going to get hurt. You got a guy here that's, I don't know where his mind is. I really believe that he killed two people. And now he's got a loaded gun. He's being chased by cops. Is he going to start shooting at the cops? Is he going to shoot at AC and kill? Is he going to blow his own brains out? I'm the only one that deserves. No, you don't deserve I'm that. Get hurt. You do not deserve to get hurt. All I did was love Nicole. All I did was love her. I understand. Love everybody. I tried to show everybody my whole life that I love everybody. We know that, and everybody loves you. I'm very sick of out of my kids. You're gonna hurt everybody. I'm just gonna leave. I'm no, gonna don't. Go in the cold. That's all I'm gonna do. That's all hey, I'm listen. trying to do. Think about everybody I else, all right? I couldn't do it on the freeway. I couldn't do it in a field. I want to do it at a grave. I want to do it at my house. You gonna go to the house? We were told he was going to the Rockingham location, and that's all we were told. If they requested SWAT to handle something, that's because they can't handle it themselves. I was told you're gonna do the, the talking, you're gonna be the negotiator. Well, we're on the freeway at all the overpasses, there were people already staged. Signs, free OJ, we love you OJ. What a bunch of losers. I think people realize, hey, this is gonna be passing my neighborhood. And 
They wanted to see OJ's last run. This was not a somber event. This was one of Los Angeles's largest parties. We're not used to seeing those type of crowds rush in. District Attorney of Los Angeles, Mr. Gil Garcetti, will the fact that he has fled make things worse for him? Anytime you have an accused who leads, that in fact we believe shows a consciousness of guilt. Now he's pulling off now. They've just pulled off a main highway. Judy Muller, help us here. I can't tell yet. San okay. Looks like Santa Monica Freeway. Look yeah. at all these people rushing, waving. There is an absolutely, utterly macabre nature to all this. He pulled off at sunset off the 405. He is on his way back toward Brentwood. When I got on scene there, I walked toward the residence. There was family inside the residence and they were eating. It looked like they had like a sandwich buffet that they were doing and they were watching TV. OJ is a fugitive from the law. He's been <clears throat> failed by the police. 95 million people are watching and they're just eating sandwiches. Dining. I use that clinical term, nutty. His parents were eating, just having a little Subway salad, you know, a little Subway sandwich during this old car chase. That is kind of nutty, don't you guys think? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I tend to think that that wouldn't be the action of many uh, uh, parents, uh, given that situation. Both sides of the street. Okay, Eric, it's only now probably three minutes at the most, I would say, uh, to his home in, in Brentwood. That's right. Uh, they are heading right into Brentwood now. He's making a right turn, I assume, that's uh, up into Brentwood Park and uh, appears to be on the way to uh, either his home or very close to his home. Close the gate on Rockingham, we left this one open to force him through to make him come into where we wanted him. There was a sniper team in this house across the street. There was a sniper team on top of the roof here at the residence, and there was one across the street. Uh, use your own discretion. You take him down if you have to. Please, toss the gun. Juice, just toss it. I've never seen anything like this. Mr. Simpson, OJ, please. When we're standing in the threshold there, to my right is a television. So when the Bronco pulls into the driveway, you see Bronco, Collins, Simpson in the back seat. So that's the end of the audio clips for this deal, but uh, let's just talk about like the amazing number of people that were watching this slow speed chase. It was being split screen with the bigger screen being OJ's chase and the smaller screen being the NBA Finals that were taking place in June of 1994. The NBA Finals would be like the Super Bowl whenever there was only four channels. So, I mean, it's just like now there's a thousand different things to look to watch on cable TV much less the million things you could be watching on the internet. I mean, there's there was simply <laughs> everything. I mean, everything. Everybody would be watching the NBA Finals, and they chose to go little screen, NBA Finals, big screen, slow, slow speed car chase. You think he's guilty or innocent at this point? I tend to think um, a guy that's running from police officers, not turning himself in, um, threatening to kill himself with a gun doesn't really sound like uh, 
oh, I'm innocent of this. Uh, I tend to think you're an innocent person. You, you, you wouldn't be doing all that. I, I'm, I'm no expert in the law, murder and yeah. stuff, but I don't know. You don't have to be, just, you don't have to be a PhD in psychology to realize <laughs> this guy's showing some guilt tendencies right now. Yeah. What do you think, yeah. Michael? I, I would I would say that the other thing that was a comment in there, the he transcended race, and that's the underlying tone through the whole story is it it was made racial. The real issue on the OJ OJ story, it was celebrity versus yep. common man, and the yep. differences that money and finance could afford you versus some Joe off the street because yeah. yeah we've I all mean, watched uh, enough of the car chases the cops the cops spit them out <laughs> like we that's part of the reason why we watched car chases see the end in the last year or two uh there's been a few people come into contact with law enforcement uh unfortunately some of them have perished anytime this scenario happens whether it's uh and i'm not trying to make this a political statement i'm just trying to make this a true statement it doesn't really matter race or religion i always think back to jim carrey's movie from 15 or 20 years ago liar liar and he says to his defendant stop breaking the law asshole oj is acting like a guilty man and he's acting like a guilty man because he's a guilty man and some of these people that have perished whenever they came into contact with law enforcement i support the blue they just simply shouldn't break the law all right, the audio ended as OJ pulled into his uh, estate at Rockingham, and I'm going to give you the play-by-play -play of how it ended. Two more hours of OJ saying, I'm going to shoot myself. And then just in true narcissist form, he never does. He didn't pull the trigger. So his uh, lawyers got him off. Congrats to OJ. Have a great life. If the story ended there, it's a wild story. Yep. We... We didn't even understand the wild ride this was going to cost. There was a network that became must-watch TV that nobody had ever heard of and no longer yeah. exists. Court TV. Court TV. We literally watched and made a network over an O.J. Simpson future trial. Just the wildness of from initial reports to the denial of, nah, it can't be him, to... Oh, yeah, it seems like he's, to Jason's point earlier, he's doing everything a guilty man would do. Even Al Michaels. I'm sure him and, I mean, they're both on Monday Night Football. Even Al Michaels was calling him out for being guilty on national TV. But uh, see what kind of feedback we get. There would definitely be another show just around the freaking trial that lasted eight months and I think was kind of like, unlike any trial in the history of the U.S. in terms of daily coverage uh you know would lead the news every night for months on end and lots of crazy stuff happened uh if you want to we can kind of rehearse some of the things that happened if the glove doesn't fit then you must quit <laughs> <laughs> that's a classic right there all of them that they framed oj and uh it's just like uh it'd be really tough to pick up a bloody glove with, with yeah Pick up a bloody glove with OJ's blood on it and uh, place it at the Rockingham estate whenever OJ's already gone to Chicago. That would be tough. Uh, yeah. I mean, if we're calling a spade a spade, 
they were probably more incompetent than anything. Sure. Yep. Again, you, the trials is a whole other story, but they certainly played up uh, the raciness, uh, cops being racist, you know, the, whenever the that Rodney King beating was, you know, years before, there's already that, you know, stigma in the police department there of being racist. So it's just, you know, one thing sure. leading to another. Just telling another side of the story. A lot of those jurors on that uh, jury pool were African-American. They have a history, and there was a history within L.A. of uh, the police being poor people. And I would say, I mean, that's just part of the story. I, we'll, we'll make a call later on if we need to do a chapter two to this particular story about O.J.'s trial, but... There's just a lot of layers to go go at it from. I, I don't I don't want to present myself as just totally dismissing some of the race angle. I mean, there's definitely people that have put up with bullshit, and those bad cops need called out. But in this particular circumstance, I think a lot of good-willed cops got painted as racist, and as Michael said, that there was probably just a little bit of incompetency uh, involved in some of their pr police procedure. So anyways, you got any jokes to tell on the way out of this deal? Uh, no, not necessarily, but Jason did bring up earlier, if you would want to end this episode, Matt, Norm MacDonald has like 12-minute O.J. Simpson jokes from Saturday Night Live <laughs> during this time frame. Yeah. That may, may be the perfect way to bring this thing home. God bless Norm MacDonald's soul. That that was my uh, research going into this is watching that twelve minute video uh, because uh, you know near that eight that's I got a lot of the news and you know just uh, maybe it's more for your trial but you know one of one of my favorite ones was uh, Norm saying uh, OJ's uh, defense team had a little uh, hiccup today in court when they presented the stocking cap uh, that was found at the scene and. O.J. Simpson goes, hey, careful with that. That's my lucky stabbing cap. <laughs> One of the better ones. When Norm MacDonald passed away, there was a, a video going around on Twitter of uh, him getting called out on The View for calling Bill Clinton a uh, murderer. <laughs> Norm MacDonald's like, are we still like it didn't happen? I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Norm MacDonald was not afraid to call out Bill truths that makes other people uncomfortable. Yeah, that's for sure. And when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough, cause you notice that butt was stuck. Deep in the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, baby, I wanna get whipped up and take your picture. Norm MacDonald on OJ Simpson in 1995. Murder is legal in the state of California. <laughs> On Tuesday at 1.15, the moment the Simpson verdict was delivered, Court TV scored its highest ratings ever. An hour later, the channel went out of business. Meanwhile, in Washington, Mayor Marion Barry praised the verdict as, quote, wise and just. And he called upon people of all races to please get him some crack. Well, that covers the main developments in the O.J. Simpson case this week. And after all, other important things are going on in the world. Now more O.J. Simpson. <laughs> when Simpson trial juror Gina Rodborough returned home this week, her little girls were delighted to have her back. 
And no wonder, she lets him get away with murder. Norm MacDonald on The View, November 2000. It gets pretty spicy. Relating to a William Jefferson Clinton. You like George Bush, don't you? I love George Bush, man. He's a good man, decent. Uh, you know, he's not a, a liar, a crook, murderer, or anything like that. So it'd be good to get the... See, I, I, don't, I think we should get the homicide out of the White House and get like a... Uh, a fresh start, because we don't want any more murderers. I no, think we, we should just go on to the next question. Oh. <laughs> oh, murderers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Clinton, he murdered a guy. Yeah, you know, we're not <laughs> no, allowed to, you're not no, allowed to put, no, put no. accusations with that. That's one, a little Charlie. too That's far. That's the way it does let's work. Just, let's just go on to the next question. Uh, do you never hear that? Yes, and I don't want to hear it, and this is not the place to make those accusations. And you're supposed to be funny. Let's get on to the next question. I thought it was a matter of record. Shut no. up. <laughs> Shut up. Look, okay. let me do this, okay? okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what's a matter of record. You will not be invited back if you don't shut up. Uh, All right, uh, now. All right, man, manslaughter. Let's talk. Damn, we're some good jokes, Norm. Good job.